This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Tom Lee Hackey has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse just lifting up a patient. A tractor trailer came up behind this, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back. He says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I love you. Call Pond Lahaki Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys. Now on Talk Radio here live on a Saturday night as we broadcast to you with another edition of the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's a Saturday night in the Delaware Valley. Uh, the city is buzzing uh, and is green tonight again as the um, football team J. Doc, the Eagles get uh, ready now eight days away from the big game uh, out in Glendale. Good evening to you, sir. Glad to be here and great to be here live tonight for our number one uh, of the Labor Show. You know, Joe, it is such a great time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. And it, what it's done for the city, first with the Phillies in the World Series, now the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. Uh, after what this city has gone through over the last several years, um, it just brings in energy uh, that had been lacking uh, and and uh, can't tell you how thrilled I am. And, of course, uh, you know, it's Super Bowl week, buddy. We're going into it. It's a, uh, a great experience for everybody. Now we got to bring home the big one, brother. Yeah, no doubt about that. And we will uh, be like the rest of the Delaware Valley, enjoying all of the uh, incredible moments that will unfold over the next week leading into um, next Sunday. And then, of course, the victory parade, which will uh, be executed to perfection uh, by the members of IATSE Local 8, I'm sure. Uh, Absolutely. No question about it. And uh, let me tell you something. I've said you know, as and we've said it on air a hundred times, Joe. Uh, I needed that Super Bowl, the, the first uh, Super Bowl win, like I needed air, man. I mean, we talked about it. I just wanted one parade down Broad Street. But one of the funny things about that, you know, I just want to do it one time thing was you look at what 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 happened with the Phillies. Just want to get in the playoffs. When you get there, brother, you just want to win. And I could tell you that. So proud of, of, of obviously the Eagles and their organization, and and uh, man would love to uh, just cherish the, the opportunity to go uh, to another parade, uh, and 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 uh, but you know what uh, I'm looking forward to. It. Listen, all the backstories, the Kelsey brothers, Andy Reid, uh, so much you know. Go back to Dick Vermeil, Carl Peterson, these two franchises, Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, there's so many connections there, uh, and so. I'm so excited for it. We're, we're all excited. Going to be an amazing week, uh, but it all comes down to Sunday, brother. And and yep. uh, and by the way, I'm excited, obviously, for the for the for the Jacob Media Pond the Hockey Post Game Show. You guys have been doing an incredible year, uh, all you know, a, a, a incredible job all year long with the Eagles. I can't wait to see the post game show. 
when we win the Super Bowl. Yeah, no doubt about that. I'll, I'll take a shameless plug. You'll catch us on 6abc.com and on the Jacob YouTube channel. Seth Joyner, Derek Gunn, Mike Missinelli, Devin Caney, Mark Farzetta, John McMullen at the stadium. Uh, wall-to-wall coverage across uh, the Jacob Sports Channel. One gentleman who wants to win his version of his Super Bowl uh, is our special guest for the full hour tonight, J-Doc. Alan Dom, former city councilman, successful real estate businessman, and a mayoral candidate. We get an opportunity to go one-on-one with Alan tonight, and we'll spend the full show doing so. Yeah, no question, Joe. And this is part of our uh, Meet the Mayoral Candidate series where we get the unique opportunity to spend a full hour uh, with, with the candidates. And uh, tonight's no exception. I'm ecstatic to bring into the broadcast Alan Dom, a Dem- Democratic candidate for mayor of the city of Philadelphia. Alan, how are you, sir? Welcome to the broadcast. Thank you very much. Thank you to both of you for having me here tonight. I'm uh, honored to be here and I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely, and 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 we're going to come right out of the box and ask you this one. You know, you've been an incredibly successful businessman, uh, real estate. I mean, it, you know, your your no your name needs no introduction in those uh, you know in, in those areas, uh, and 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 of course you were you had a front uh, a front seat to to what goes on in politics uh, as a city councilman. Why do you want to be the mayor of the city of Philadelphia when you have so much success? In, in your business career, number one and number two, it's certainly you're you're certainly not getting a pay raise. You didn't even take a you didn't take a paycheck as a city councilman. That's a great question. <clears throat> Let me. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you my thoughts as to why. Um, you know, I, I going back in time, I came to Philadelphia with nothing. And I'm gonna tell you that backstory. But the real reason why I want to be mayor is because I know the city has such tremendous potential. And I love the city as I believe all your listeners love the city. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening in at 6 o'clock on a Saturday night. They love the city. And look at what's going on, as you guys were talking about earlier, with our sports team, whether it was the Phillies in the World Series, now the Eagles, the Super Bowl. It is so exciting. We have, this is just part of the tremendous potential of Philadelphia. There's no other city in the country that have had teams as successful as we've had this year. Look at the Sixers even are doing well. Yep. So this is a very... Very exciting time for us. But let me share with you my background so you can understand why I really want to be mayor and help this city and take us to a much higher level. And I grew up pretty modestly in a town called Fort Lee, New Jersey, um, by the George Washington Bridge, a town that Governor Christie actually made famous. But I grew up in a 800-square-foot apartment, two bedrooms, one bath, very modest. The rent was $100 a month until I was 12 years old. In fact, when I was 12, my brother was 16. There was four of us and my parents. We had no hot water for two weeks, and my mother called the landlord who lived in a town we never heard of. It was called Lower Marion, and she happened to call him on a Sunday morning, and he hung up the phone on her and said, how dare you call me on a Sunday? Next day, she calls the mayor of the town, and two days later, the building had hot water, 63 units. But a few days later, we received an eviction notice, and we were kicked out of our apartment 30 days later. But as my father taught me, he said, you know, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. On my personal background of work ethic, when I was five years old, my brother and I would go out on the bus stop at 5.30 in the morning and shine shoes for 25 cents a shine. I had so many different jobs, as many of your listeners, I'm sure, did. At 11 years old, I had two paper routes, 5.30 in the morning before school and 3.30 in the afternoon. And when I was in high school, I went to all public schools. I was on the wrestling team from uh, wrestling practice was over at 6 o'clock at night. 
in freshman year in ninth grade, I pumped gas from 6.30 to 9, uh, five nights a week. And then when I was in 10th grade, I worked from 6.30 to 10.30 after wrestling practice was over at 6 o'clock, four nights a week in an office building, which people don't have uh, never really share this that much, as a, as a janitor making $1.60 an hour. Actually worked there for a couple months and got a promotion to Howard Johnson's, a restaurant where I was a dishwasher for $1.65 an hour. And we went to school in D.C., took all night classes, worked full time, came to Philadelphia in 1976, not knowing anyone. I was working for a time lock company. I was making 15000 a year. Heard a guy on the radio named Jay Lamont in 1978, went to Temple, took my classes, went into real estate 1980 and 81 and 82. I had two full-time jobs. I kept both jobs, worked from 6.30 in the morning until 10.30 at night, uh, four nights a week, and then on the weekend, 10 hours each day, and on Fridays, I'd stop at 8 o'clock. But did that for three straight years, had a strong work ethic. Like people used to say to me, you're a workaholic. And I used to say to them, not really, because when you love what you do, it's not work. And I loved what I did. I was blessed. Anyway, I invested in the city. city invested in me. And look, I came here with nothing, making 15000 In 2015, I decided, actually in 2015, I wanted to run for mayor until I sat down with a few political people who said to me, you have no knowledge of city government. It's very different than being in business. It's like you want to be a heart surgeon, but you've never done surgery and you've never gone to medical school. You need to go into council and learn the ropes, which is what I did. I was fortunate to win in 15 and again in 19. I served almost two terms, six and a half years, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot. It was great advice. Resigned from council in August of 2022 and then decided to run for mayor in November of 2022. And the reason why is because our city is in crisis. We have a public safety crisis. We have a affordable housing crisis, education crisis, poverty crisis, and a jobs crisis. But the biggest crisis we have is leadership because all these problems can be solved with very strong leadership. And that's, and that's what I plan to bring to the mayor's office. And, 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 and Alan, when you talk about your experiences as uh, obviously, in, we, we talked about business, but you talked about, um, you know, being a, 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 a public official uh, and, and one of our city councilmen. What did you learn um, that you didn't know before you actually became a councilman? That's a great question, because, you know, in the private sector, as the owner of a company, you make a decision and you move. And in the public sector, it's very different. You have to bring people together to get the right results. A lot of times you have to compromise. You have to find the middle ground in order to get something done. And so I would say that in the private sector, it's very different than the public sector. And having that skill set of having both experiences, I think, makes me very unique. I'm the only one running who's had that level of experience. So I think that makes it a unique situation for me. Alan Dom is our special guest here tonight on The Labor Show uh, with J. Doc and Krause. And we'll have a full uh, hour uh, tonight live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Alan, before we get to our first commercial break and we'll get into uh, your thoughts specifically on crime coming, uh, crime in this city coming out of the break, um, talk a little bit, uh, if you will, uh, just about your ability to know what it actually means to change the narrative you know a lot of people want to change 
what it means. They want to change the system. They want to change government. They want to change. They want to. They talk about change, but I, I, I believe if you don't know, if you've never experienced it, it's really, really hard to do. Almost impossible to get it done. Yeah. Well, you know what. You, what you need to do by creating that change, which is different than in the private sector, is bringing people together for those right results. And as Governor Rendell told me in fifteen. Give out as much credit as possible. Do the work and give out the credit. That's how you can get a lot of things changed. And also, being a nice person. That's an important factor. Like, you have to like people. I actually believe in government. The job is 51% hospitality and 49% technical. And I could say that is the percentages in many jobs, but especially in government. You need to be in that hospitality range with people because you have to get people to like you, trust you, respect you, and work with you. And you have to... You have to also like and trust them. It's very important to build those relationships, which I built many in council when I was there for the six and a half years. All right. Good stuff with Alan Dom here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. On the other side of the break, Jay Doc will kick us off. We'll get into some of the nuts and bolts uh, of the conversation, some of the hot topics that um, Alan will talk about. Um, this is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. And back here live on the Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause, live here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, one programming alert immediately after our conversation with Alan Dom this evening and our number one coming to a close, a special edition of the Labor and Energy Show this evening from 7 to 8 p.m., normally uh, Sunday nights on Talk Radio 1210, um, but because of basketball, you'll hear Labor and the Labor and Energy Show tonight, Jay Doc, from 7 p. to 8 p. Over to you, sir. Yeah, I don't know if the, the public can, can handle a double shot of Jay Doc and Krause. <laughs> but you, you know, well, they'll have to they'll have to deal with it, Jay Doc, because that's happening, brother. <laughs> so. That's what I'm talking about, Joe. So we're yeah, again, we're, we're, we have um, a Democratic candidate for mayor of Philadelphia, Alan Dom, uh, as, as our uh, featured guest on our Meet the Mayoral Candidates broadcast, and and, and Alan. Obviously, this is a labor show, so we want to talk. Before we get into uh, your platform and a lot of the uh, issues going on in the city, uh, let's talk a little bit uh, uh, union labor. I, I know you're not a developer, so it's not what you do on a daily basis. Uh, but our next question is is paramount to the importance of, of, of our Philadelphia labor community. We're obviously passionate about uh, what we do, that goes from the building trades to our city unions, to our private, to our public unions. Um, but having said that, um, talk about your commitment to labor and, and, your, and your track record, obviously, in the private sector uh, when it comes to union labor uh, throughout your career in real estates, uh, including the building trades. Sure. Well, thank you. I, I would say that my, in the, my, private, you know, most, my private sector experience, most of it, you know, I grew up being a real estate broker. I did some development, but most of my business was brokerage business, representing buyers and sellers. But then the developments that I did, like the Lanesboro at 16th and Locust, I used Union. It was Driscoll that did that project for me. At the Park Rittenhouse, uh, it was Sullivan Corporation. We used uh, at another building, and it was the Allison. We used Wolf Scott. 
at, at the Warwick. Uh, we also did union there. Every building, major building I've done has been union, and the condominiums um, that I have bought individual units in, most of all their work is union work as far as the building systems are concerned. And I will say this, Joe, that you know I'm interested in being mayor to make this city way better than it is today and to help us really achieve. And I have three major goals that I want to accomplish. One is to take 100,000 people out of poverty. Two is to create 100,000 new jobs. And, and three, to bring 100,000 new residents to the city. But on the construction side of things, my goals are, number one, cover the Vine Street Expressway, a major construction job. And I believe the economics there would demonstrate that while the cost may be high, the recapture even of 50% of the land that we could maybe sell and keep 50% for parks and rec would be well worth the investment. And the amount of jobs, this is big thinking, would be huge. Sure. And we need to expand the Broad Street line, you know, down to the Navy Yard. And we need to do a subway on Roosevelt Boulevard. We need to do big things with big construction to expand the city's base. And, and, and having said that, obviously, uh, Mayor Kenny has taken a lot of criticism across, you know, uh, on a lot of issues. But one of the uh, uh, one of the things he, he's got an exemplary record on is, uh, you know, is his support of uh, labor and, and signing off on on uh, hundreds of project labor agreements for city uh, funded projects during his two terms. Where do you stand with project labor agreements uh, uh, for publicly funded construction projects? Uh, like many of the ones you're talking about. I'm 110% on board with project labor agreements. First of all, the quality of the work that is performed is far and above any other performance I've seen. And these jobs need the level of skill that I've seen in our union labor in the city. We have, you know, I was up a couple of weeks ago up at the Carpenters uh, Hall. when we were, I think it was MLK Day. And I was watching just how they were building those containers for, for plants that they were donating across the city. The level of quality of all unions is so high. That's what we need. You, know, you can't, can you imagine covering Vine Street Expressway and not using a union firms across the board? It would be impossible. So yeah, I'm I, totally on board. Yeah, we, I totally agree with you there. And, and I, and I uh, you know, and obviously um, one of the things that as a union community, our quality of labor, our, our track record and safety, obviously, uh, the fact that you know our apprentice programs are such a big deal. You know, we'll talk about education in in, in, in a couple of minutes, but um, we, we you know that's one of the things we're so proud of. Before we get into what's uh, that mean, Alan? Alan covering the Vine Street Expressway. I don't I don't mean to ask an ignorant question, but what does that mean? Okay, so I don't know. Sometime in the seventies, when the Vine Street Expressway was put in, it cut apart the city. So like connecting Chinatown from the south to the north. Mm -hmm. Right now to go to the Chinatown Cultural Alliance, it's difficult to get there. Covering, putting a cover on all of Vine Street and recapturing the value of that land mm -hmm. would be huge for the city. And we would mm -hmm. then bridge the whole northern section. I mean, the amount of jobs, we create so many opportunities. It would help the city dramatically. It's just, we don't need to have that open. That should be covered. And we should be able to connect north and south together. Yeah. And, 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 and having said that, let's... Uh, Let's segue a little bit. We're going to stick with labor for a second. Um, when you talk about, you know, uh, some of the situations that we've had issues with, persistent problems, um, you know, certain contractors and subcontractors, um, there's, you know, have, have continually uh, and, 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 and created 
blatant misclassification of workers situations, which means they falsely list their workers as independent contractors in order to avoid uh, paying payroll taxes. It's actually it's actually a criminal act that cheats the worker and the city of Philadelphia. As mayor, talk about how you would deal with that situation. I would engage the proper authorities to put a stop to it. You know, I would enforce the laws. It's illegal. As you said, Joe, it's criminal activity. Can't allow it to occur. I would make sure that we enforce the laws. And, Same and way I it? want to talk about the crime in the city, about enforcing the laws, too. Yo, and, and we'll get in that. One of the things, and just for our listeners, um, what, what, when we talk about misclassification for workers, like Alan said, um, and it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's like being in the twilight zone. All we have to do is enforce the laws. It, what that means is there are some contractors out there, non-union contractors, that are, uh, you know, they're employing a a a a, a, uh, a workforce, and so they don't have to pay benefits. They call they ten ninety nine them, but they have to be in at seven a.m. For example, they get the same lunch. They, they you know they're, they're done at four. They have to follow an employee's uh, regimen, and yet they're being paid. Uh, you know, right? You know, wages as if they were subcontractors, and that's you know, for our listeners, that's what we're talking about. So, uh, you know, and 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 I totally agree. The fact of the matter is, if we just enforce the laws, then everybody would have a fair shot, and people wouldn't be taken advantage of. Let's let's uh, segue into, uh, y- y- you know, your platform, Alan. First of all, sure. talk day one in office, okay. Okay. Yes. Let me speak to that. Yes. Well, yeah. Let me speak to that. Yeah. Number one, you know, I mentioned that we have a public safety, community safety crisis, jobs crisis, housing affordability, poverty, and education crisis. In the short term, we need to get this crime under control. It's unacceptable, unacceptable for people not to be feel comfortable coming to work or going out in the evening to their neighborhood stores and restaurants or sending their kids to school. Day one, I would declare a crime emergency in the city and a public health emergency in Kensington, day one. I've also published a 10-point public safety plan on my website, votedom.com. And some of those points are, for example, focusing on the most violent people on our street, I'm told by past police commissioners and law enforcement experts across the country, there's about 17 to 1,800 people on our street that we need to bring to justice. They're creating havoc. A lot of it is gang war, gang wars over drugs, it's just, think about it, every city in the country has the same issue. A very small amount of people are committing the majority of the crime. In fact, in the core of Center City, the 2022 police report came out that 70% of the retail theft was being committed by less than 30 people. 70%. So what we need to do is hold those people committing the crimes accountable. So one, take the violent people off the street. Two, crack down on retail theft. Three, we need to... We need to prosecute illegal gun violations. You know, there was a shooting in Roxborough. I'm sure everyone remembers this. Oh, yeah. Of a 14-year-old boy playing football on a high school football field, and he was killed. It was a stray bullet, but he was killed by someone who had murdered someone the day before, had been out on bail for a drunk driving where he hit a pregnant woman who lost her baby and had 18, Joe, 18 prior gun violations. Why is that person out on the street? Unacceptable. So I, there's a whole list of them. I don't want to take all the whole time of the show, but there is on my website, votedom.com, there's a list of 10 things we'll do, including 
we have to hire 500 police officers. We have vacancies, including we have about 900 out on sick and death duty. We need to fill those positions. And then we have people that are in retirement, another five or 600. We need to be very aggressive about hiring. And one of my points is to triple the uh, incentives, basically, for recruitment of police officers. Boy, I'm so glad to hear that. Alan, do you think it is realistic that you will be able to accomplish that part of your plan? Absolutely. You know, I came from, as you heard before, basically nothing. And I always look at the word no as an objection to get to yes. I don't take no for an answer. So if I can't get cooperation on the local level, I'll go to the state or federal level. And also day one, I will form a public safety cabinet that will consist of the police commissioner, the district attorney, the DA, the district attorney, U.S. attorney, attorney general, FBI, ATF, public school security, and the courts. And I will have weekly meetings that I will conduct. I want to be a part of this. I will lead this. And I want to bring everyone together to solve these issues and come up with a specific plan on how we're going to cut down on this crime. And I will say that there are some former police commissioners that I would want to engage as consultants to help us. These are really smart people, and they've been there. They know what to do. Having said that, what's really we talk about the violent crime and the gun crime, and it's actually it's just mind-boggling when you think about it. You know, I, I had heard uh, you know some stories about some people. Obviously, we just did the, the NFC Championship game last week, and a lot of people from uh, you know the, the Bay Area were in Philadelphia talking about. You know, they were nervous about coming here. They read the stories about about the the violent crime and the gun crime. And when they got here, they couldn't believe the experience they had, except obviously if they went to the game. But the but the point is uh, that that our city was you know a, a great place to be. And you know, so taking leadership and 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 addressing this crime situation. Obviously, it's a complicated situation. There's a lot of different types of things going on. One of the things that people probably don't realize, talk about the retail theft, Alan, you know, and 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 how, you know, what's going on there is you mentioned that it's only being, you know, it's only being the perpetrators are like 30 different people, but it's actually a problem. Yeah, the problem is we're not holding people accountable. And the other problem is, I, I, you know, I, I grew up that stealing a dollar was illegal or even 10 cents or a penny. You don't steal. And I don't understand why we're allowing up to certain levels for theft to, to occur. That's not how most of us were brought up. It's just unacceptable. And that's why you see stores like Wawa and CBS and these other stores leaving our city. And when they leave the city, we lose jobs. OK, and the people that work in these stores are Philadelphia residents. So we need to really keep that retail. We need to crack down on retail theft. And I will also say, Joe, that I didn't mention this, but in my plan, the goal is to get illegal ATVs and unlicensed vehicles off the street. And one of my thoughts is to uh, do what Atlantic City's doing now, which is they have, they're not allowed to sell gas. It's illegal to sell gas to ATVs, dirt bikes, and unlicensed vehicles. Why would we sell them gasoline when they're illegal on the street? Now, we have to look into that and see if that's possible. But these are the types of ideas that I think we need to bring forward to get this under control. Alan, are you, Alan, are you comfortable um, uh, and do you have the ability to say um, that you feel good about your ability to form a real working relationship 
um, with the police department? Let me say this. Um, I have already done this from 2021 in August until I resigned from council or my last council session in June, where I had eight or nine meetings of law enforcement people together. The people that I was basically referring to from the DA, the police commissioner, U.S. attorney, attorney general, FBI, and ATF. And I did it with one goal in mind. I did not want any credit. All I wanted was for them to get together. And I also told them there should be no PR for this. I'm sharing this with you now just to share with you that I can provide this leadership. They were amazing. They were really collaborative. They need to be led. That's the problem we have here. We need the leadership. We need someone to step in and say, I'm going to do this. And whatever it's going to take for me to do this, I'm going to do it, whether it's 24 hours a day, whatever it is. And we need the leader to lead the meetings. Alan Dom, our special guest here tonight on The Labor Show with Jadock and Krause. We'll take a break. Alan will be with us on the other side of the break. He's here with us for the full hour. Back in a moment. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. And back here on the Labor Show with Jadock and Krause. We're seven days, 23 hours, 51 minutes, and 50 seconds until they kick off in uh, Glendale, Arizona. Right now, we continue uh, our conversation. This is the Labor Show with Jadock and Krause. Jadock, over to you, sir. We're, we're, we're talking to Alan Dom, candidate for mayor in the city of Philadelphia. Alan, uh, let's spend a little bit more time on, on the, uh, obviously, the, the you know, the, the major uh, hot button issue in the city crime um let's 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 talk a little bit about uh, something that you're that, that you're uh pretty passionate about prioritizing community uh policing w- what is that number one and number two how do you plan to do it so <clears throat> community policing to me means having police actually walk a beat and have them get out of their cars and build relationships with residents and businesses we need to be able to build the trust. Residents need to feel they can trust the police and the police need to feel they can trust the residents and business owners too. We need to rebuild that trust. You know, other cities have done this like Camden and others in Chester. They've taken the the police out of the cars. The police are building trust. The crimes dropped dramatically. You need to walk a beat. It's very important. I would even go to this extent. I'd make sure that every police officer has a card, a business card, where they could give it to the resident or the business owner, where if they see something, to please call them. Because this is how you can solve crimes and build trust. But, but Joe, let me get back to something that I mentioned. That was the public sure. safety is the number one issue. Sure. Uh, of course, leadership is really the number one issue, because all these crises can be solved with strong leadership. That's really what we're missing right now. You know, we've talked about public safety, education, uh, good-paying jobs, affordable housing, and poverty. All that can be solved with strong leadership in the short term, we need to get the crime under control. But in the long term, and I'm talking 5, 10, 15, 20 years, we need to change and add to what we're teaching in our schools. Think about it. If we educated our people in the city to, to be equipped for better paying jobs, the housing would become more affordable. We'd climb out of poverty and we'd have less crime. Because what we've done is on the research is of the top 50 cities in the U.S., we have some of the most affordable housing. But of the top 50 cities in the U.S., we have some of the lowest average income. So the question is, do we have an affordable housing problem or do we have an income problem? And to back that statement up, 
A survey was done from 2009 to 2018 of all jobs created in the United States that paid less than 35000 the percentage U.S. was 29%. Yet the percentage in Philadelphia that paid less than 35000 60.5. We're double the national average of low-paying jobs. And where the good jobs are that are thirty-five to 100000 they're out in Devon, Valley Forge, Malvern, King of Prussia, Conshohocken, where they have doubled the volume of those jobs, 35 to 100, versus Philadelphia. And part of this problem is the unfair taxation of what we do. And I can explain that uh, real briefly. The highest taxation in the country is New York City. Local and state business taxes are 16.2. The second highest, and this is after I passed, it was my bill that passed the net income bill to lower them, is the second highest is Philadelphia at 15.9. New York 16.2. Number three in the United States of America is California at 8.8. We're 15.9. Next is Chicago and Boston. They're seven. We're 15.9. Atlanta is four. We're 15.9. And Florida and Texas are zero. Go back in time. Remember when Roman Haas and Smith Klein and PNC Corporate and Mother's Works and all these companies were in the city? They moved out. We lost the good jobs. So my and, and, point is that we need, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what, what, what's the cause of that? One of the things I wanted to ask you was your business experience. Okay, your knowledge of, of, of business as somebody who's, um, you know, obviously uh, been a major, major player in the city of Philadelphia and somebody who's had a lot of success. Does that where your business experience comes in? Because there are tons of taxes. I was in the hospitality business, and I want to get into that in, in a few minutes. Um, but you talk about the... Uh, you know, obviously the liquor tax, you know, you got sales tax, you got the soda tax. I mean, you almost have to be a criminal to stay. And, I, and I'm being sarcastic, but you almost have to be a, a criminal to stay in business. OK. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes if that's because, um, you know, the individuals that are that are that are applying these uh, these taxes are, are not knowledgeable in the business area. Talk about that. Well, we have not really managed our finances of the city as well as we could. Okay, and so, you know, when you think about it, why do these companies move? Why should they pay almost 16 percent when they can pay a lot less outside the city? We're not an island in Philadelphia. People have choices and they moved the good paying jobs out of the city, which we need. But I want to get back to for a moment to the education piece, Joe, because I don't don't want to miss this. I believe that education is a long term solution. So my platform states that from kindergarten to 12th grade, we're going to teach financial literacy mandatory in every grade. That's a game changer. We're going to teach technology, K through 12, and we're going to teach entrepreneurship to teach our young people how to own their own business instead of getting a job that's 15 or $20 an hour. We need to teach all three things. And then in high school, we need to allow kids kind of what I did in high school, go to school four days a week, and on the fifth day, work in a job, get credit, get paid, and get a summer job. And in this labor market, most of the employers will say to our kids, hey, Alan, can you come in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday after school from 3 to 6? We need you. Take them off the street and put them in good jobs. I don't care if they work in a gas station or do what I did, which was a janitor in an office building. It doesn't matter of being a plumber's assistant or electrical assistant, whatever it is. They need to have that experience of working. Then they graduate with four different job experiences. And I know this works because there's a high school called Cristo Rey at 17th and Allegheny that takes young people who've had the worst, the worst 
upbringings, have no dads, have no moms, live with grandparents and aunts and uncles. I had a young girl, 16 years old. Her brother at 18 was murdered. They've gone through the worst situations. And they allow their kids to go to school four days a week, work one day a week in a job. They graduate 95 to 96% of their students and 75 to 80% go on to college. It does work. That's it's so important. No question about it. Joe, how long do we got before we go to break? Uh, we have three to the break, and then we'll be back on the other side with about eight and a half left in the show, J-Doc. So, so, okay, so having said that, when you And get, by the way, Christo Ray is an incredible school. Really no question, no doubt about it. Yeah, no, and and what I've heard a lot of fantastic uh, things about that that school. And 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 having said that, um, you know, education is such a an important factor in 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 obviously getting out of poverty. A good job. One of the things about labor uh, is is and and you see uh, coming out of the pandemic, Alan. One of the things everybody talked about was when the pandemic unemployment was over and, and you know, and obviously the gravy train's over, everybody's going to be going back to work. Um, a lot of the hospitality, uh, you know, establishments cannot find employees. Um, at the same time, you know, a lot of the retail, place, you know, establishments can't find employees. A lot of the reasons uh, for that, it, people want good paying jobs. Now, hospitality is a great living uh, because obviously there's tips and all those things. Uh, but an education is, a, is, is a great way to go. And apprenticeships as union members are what we take such great pride in. What, that, what does that mean? It mean? It's the difference between what we say is having a job and having a career. So having said that, um, in the next segment, we're going to we're going to talk about the hospitality community, the tourism, bringing Center City back, and, and, and the outside restaurants that, that you put together. A lot of the people are afraid to get back into the hospitality business because they're afraid they're going to get shut down. So when we come back from the break, um, I'd love for you to elaborate on that because sure. obviously bringing Center City back is so important to our city. Joe Krause? This is the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Alan Dom is our special guest uh, for the full hour tonight. Good conversation uh, with Alan. If you miss any of the broadcast tonight, you certainly can uh, listen to it, uh, re-listen to the podcast uh, of the broadcast, The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, live on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT back in a moment. Tonight's edition of the Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a local 98 contractor. And back here live on the Labor Show with mayoral candidate Alan Dom joining us. This is Joe Krause along with J. Doc. Quick first hour uh, of the two-hour oh, yeah. show tonight, hour two, J. Doc, the Labor and Energy Show, uh, immediately after uh, we wrap up with Alan Dom in our final segment. Absolutely, Joe. And I want to shout out Frank Keel. Uh, of Keel Communications, who does a great job uh, helping us produce the broadcast. Another great one. We appreciate that. And having said that, um, Alan, if you would, uh, let's talk about the hospitality community and, and, and tourism and, and bringing Center City back in the city of Philadelphia. One of the things we talked about at the beginning of the broadcast is uh, the, these great sporting events and what they've done for the city, bringing the energy back. Talk about that as being a priority to you and, 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 and how we get the hospitality community back rolling to where it was pre-pandemic. Well, thank you for that question. Before I answer that question, I do want to mention something I forgot to mention earlier, and that is sure. my vision and goals for our education system, besides what I mentioned, 
is that I want more vocational schools in our system, three, four, or five of them, that actually are tied into the building trades, where I'm going to go and ask every building trade to help us with instructors, whether it's bricklayers, electricians, plumbers, steam fitters, whatever it is. I want to have a school, schools, high schools, ninth to 12th grade, where we actually teach every skill possible. So in 12th grade, we can hire people, grow our own workers from our own system, basically. You know, it's like the Philadelphia Phillies have AAA, AA, and single A ball. They have their own farm teams. We need to have our own farm teams in Philadelphia so we can grow our own people to come into these jobs. And then number two, we'll do the same thing for public safety, police, firefighters, and EMT. So on the police, we, we should grow our own. So, you know, you can't become a police officer till you're 21. You can do EMT and firefighting yet once you're 18. So for the police, we would have a program. They become cadets at 19 and 20 where they can answer the phones. They can intern in the police department. They can do some of the desk jobs. They can work in other law enforcement uh, learning and mentoring people. It would be tremendous so we could grow people. And we have a labor shortage across the board, but then we bring our young people into the system, which is really important because when you think about it, going to college today is not the answer for everybody. Many yep. people come out with two hundred dollars and $300,000 of college debt, and they try to get jobs that are fifty or 60000 We have some great jobs, great jobs in our building trades that can pay sixty, seventy, eighty to start, and you don't have that liability. Last piece I just want to mention. Right before the COVID hit, I put up a program to teach financial literacy in our libraries to adults in the evening. I want to expand it to 25 libraries where we teach financial literacy, technology, and entrepreneurship to adults. And I also put up a program which I paid for in the prisons to teach financial literacy and coding and tech to returning citizens. We need to do more programs like that. But to answer your question on hospitality, in April of 2020, when the pandemic hit in March, remember, we all thought the world was coming to an end. And we saw many different industries do well, but many get crushed. You know, life sciences flourished. Lawyers did well because everyone had a problem. They went to their lawyer. Real estate did okay, and then it came out really strong. And technology boomed. But what got crushed was hospitality. You couldn't go to a restaurant. Hotels were shuttered. Gyms were shuttered. So in April, I called together a Zoom of about 125 to 150 hotels, restaurants, people in that hospitality field. And keep in mind, people who work in hospitality, 95% of them live in the city of Philadelphia. You're not commuting in from Malvern to work in a restaurant in Philadelphia. These are residents, and I wanted to keep those jobs. We had several Zooms. I give a lot of credit to my chief of staff at the time, Aaron Sandemore, who helped coordinate this. We asked them what they need. They said to us, we need outdoor dining. So we put together legislation for outdoor dining to keep them alive, to give them a lifeline, and to keep those jobs in place. We also put in the legislation a valuable lesson I learned. We put in the time frame that the city had to approve the applications in three days, 72 hours. And to the city's credit, they approved 862 applications in three days. It was amazing. I give them a lot of credit, but I also learned a valuable lesson. Legislation and things we do in the city should all have time frames attached, like how to open a business in 30, 45, or 60 days. How to, whatever we're asking the city to do, we should have a time frame attached to it so the public knows what their expectation is. And, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, the hospitality, you, you hit it on the head with the hospitality. And those outside, 
uh, dining areas. We're literally lifesavers for a lot of our business owners uh, and, and, and literally they saved our, our, our center city. So uh, no question about that. Uh, we, and, and, and it's such a big part of, of, of what, you know, what we're doing here in Philadelphia. We've got great restaurants, and it's such an important part of our image. Having said that, um, we only have a couple minutes left, literally three minutes. Um, we have an opioid crisis on, in, you know, across the board, but obviously what's going on in Kensington is, is epic and as tragic as the day is long. Just touch on it if you would. Take a, a 30 seconds to a minute Absolutely. if you would. Okay. Let me, uh, let me say Kensington, I put in a uh, – when I was in council, I would go to Kensington, still do, once or twice a week, uh, daytime and evening. It's a disaster. 860 people live on the street. It's the largest open drug market in the country. I feel like we practice containment there. It's a disgrace that people live like that, and we have allowed it to occur for so many years. So I tried to declare it actually a FEMA site originally because I said it's worse than a hurricane, tornado, or flood. And I put in a declaration to declare a state of emergency in Kensington, and the mayor just had to call the governor who I spoke to about it, and then he would call the federal government. And here's the idea. I'm going to do it day one and when I'm mayor. This is what I'm going to do. Call upon the federal government, law enforcement and drug enforcement. Call upon the state law and drug and the city's law enforcement and drug enforcement with community partners and come up with what I call a Marshall Plan. And it's basically going to do three or four things. One, we have to shut down the drug dealing. We will never fix it unless we take out the drug dealers. And I mean take them out from top to bottom. They're so good at business, they give out free samples on Tuesdays. We have to shut them down. Number two, we then have to get 860 people, of which 60% are not from Philadelphia, get them into treatment, hopefully back with their families, wherever they're from, and take care of those Philadelphians that have had these unfortunate situations and get them treatment. But until we really focus on taking out the drug dealing, we're not going to fix this. We need to go after the drug dealers. The number three, I would invest the money to provide some sort of a special services district from Allegheny to Lehigh, two or three blocks on both sides, that the city would pay for for the next five years to bring back all the commercial stores, to make it safe, planting trees, bring back the lifestyle of, of uh, the avenue on Kensington Avenue and Allegheny. I mean, right now it's a disaster, but I would invest the money, and I would venture to say that within five years, we'd have enough stores there that we could start to have them pay some of these costs like a special services district. You, 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 no question about it. And, and, and it's, you know, one of the things people talk about, and I don't, we, we don't have time to get into this, Alan. Yep, uh, J-Doc, there's your you know, wrap, yeah, brother. I apologize, brother. Great, great segment, Alan. Thank you. Thank you all. Thanks for having me. All right, good stuff from Alan Dom joining us here tonight on The Labor Show uh, with J-Doc uh, and Krause. Is he smart enough to know what he doesn't know? It sure sounds like it. Special thanks to Alan Dom for uh, joining us for the full hour. That's going to do it for this edition of The Labor Show. On behalf of Alan Dom, on behalf of Frank Keel, on behalf of J-Doc, and of course our producer Sean back in the studio, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody.
This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.